I've mentioned more than a few times on this show over the past few months that the Winnipeg Jets provide a very real, very tangible example of what the local team ought to be doing. Now we're about to see it up close, personal, and twice. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Penguins versus Jets Part 1 is tonight at PPG Paints Arena. That's a 7.08 p.m. face-off. I'll be there covering it with a full column, as in like a full written column. This is what I actually have done all my life professionally. I'm a writer. I do this just for fun. It'll be a matchup between one team that's among the NHL's very best, especially when it comes to defending, and doubly so when it comes to goaltending with the great Connor Hellebuck between the pipes. And on the other side of the rink, you'll have a team that's its not trying to find its identity. The way Sidney Crosby put it to me shortly before the All-Star break, I really liked his wording on it. He said, we, we know the identity. We have the identity. It's about embracing it. That's what has to happen next. And that's what that other team did way back in training camp under Rick Bonus. Now, Bonus has a history as a head coach of being uh, someone who can be short-lived. His way works when he first comes in and has everyone totally buying and selling and everything. Just full commitment. He did it in Dallas. He got the stars to the Stanley Cup final in the COVID season. By doing it this way, he goes to Winnipeg. He takes a group over that was lacking discipline, lacking leadership, but had some talent, had a lot of talent, actually. And he turned them into this. They never, ever, ever, ever give up more than three goals in a game. It's nuts. It's nuts. But they never do it. And they've made it like a team cause, not just... Because Hellebuck's back there, and Hellebuck's going to win another Vezina Trophy this year, which he will, but more because of the collective result that they're seeing. There's a lot of talent. They have Kyle Connor up front, Mark Scheifele. Nobody talks about Nikolai Ehlers, which is nuts. You'll notice him as much as any player on either side if you're at the game tonight. You will love watching Ehlers skate. Josh Morrissey on the back end is a legit Norris Trophy candidate. They have players. They have skill. They have stars. They have people who would actually really, really be big stars if they weren't playing in the NHL's smallest and most remote market. But even so, they've bought in. They've bought in to the nth extreme. And that's not what's happened in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I mean, I can hear those of you who don't like Mike Sullivan saying right now, well, that's actually proof positive that you need a new head coach and whatever else. You've got a good head coach. You've got a guy who I think is one of the better head coaches in the sport. Got to listen to him. It's okay to lay some of this on the players, especially when your main players, your leaders, plural, and your leader, singular, Meaning Sid, of course, have bought in. What's the excuse for the rest of them? 
And I know anytime this subject comes up, I've got a few people who get a little cringy when I start naming some names, but tell me how you do this without naming names. If I say, for example, you know, where's Noel Achari? Oh, you don't understand. Achari is this and that, and he's doing uh, really hard grunt work on the fourth line or whatever. I don't care. Where is the indisputable, eye-popping evidence that Achari's all the way in on this? I, I mentioned Riley Smith and really singled him out. On yesterday's show, I haven't seen that from him since day one of training camp, including when he was scoring. I haven't seen the version of Smith that they got to see in Las Vegas for all these years. I haven't seen the version of Smith that they had in Buffalo for crying out loud. I don't know why. That's not my job to find out why. For that matter, that's not Sullivan's job to find out why. It's only to see that it actually is. I'm not going to make a prediction here about how this week is going to go. In terms of results, I'm not into predictions. I will say that facing Winnipeg tonight and then flying out to face the Wild in St. Paul, which is going to be a challenge unto itself. It's a Marc-Andre Fleury celebration night. I'm sure Flower will be in net for that one. There's going to be some extra emotion on both sides of the equation, but I'm sure way more on the Minnesota side. And then going the very next night into Winnipeg to face these Jets again. I I know nobody wants to hear that a season can be over in early February. But remember the attitude and the approach that the Penguins themselves were putting forth before the weekend, just before the break against the Panthers and the Canadians. They felt like those were must-wins, especially the one against Montreal on a Saturday night. And they played like it, and they got the result. Well, the Wild are not all that consistent. But I'll tell you what, the opponent that the Penguins are facing in two of these next three games, meaning, of course, the Jets, they do it a certain way, night after night after night. And if the Penguins don't, for them, it's going to be good night. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Chad, who says, DK, I've been listening to your podcast for years, and I love it. I live in New Jersey. It's my everyday way to follow my favorite team. That's really nice, just to interject here, Chad. That's very, very kind of you to put that into words. Is it me, continues Chad, or since the Fenway Sports Group purchased the Penguins, is the team gone downhill? It just doesn't make sense with all this talent and the long list of veterans how this team can't play at the NHL level. My son's 10 and under team looks faster and all around better on the ice than these Penguins. They look confused. They look sloppy. It's frustrating. And it makes me question if they even want to make the playoffs. Chad, it's not at the ownership level. I'm pretty comfortable saying that even though I haven't exactly been warm and fuzzy about these guys, uh, to say the least. The ownership group that was here before, there was a family feel to it. There was a everybody knows who everybody is. 
and respects each other feel to it. I, I don't know these guys. I don't. You can see them. You see them peripherally. It's it's not the same. So take this within that framework when I say that, no, I don't think they're the problem. If anything, if you look at what ownership principally does, they make sure that you're funded properly. They make sure that you've got the right facilities, amenities, and, of course, the right management team. I don't believe that anybody would have a qualm, certainly not at the time, with the process that went into hiring Kyle Dubas, nor, by the way, the process that went into firing Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. Those were three moves that, by all accounts, almost everyone would have considered high grade at the time. And the only reason I'm throwing in at the time is because there's some stuff that Dubas has done since then where you go, geez, that wasn't the greatest move. But his acquisition and everything that went into his acquisition, not to mention the financial commitment, that was lauded at the time, including by me. I am nowhere near ready to pull that. So beyond that, Chad, what are you looking at? Are you looking for a a common denominator? That happens a lot when you're trying to blame somebody or some concept for things going wrong. But I don't see how that connects to ownership, at least not yet. This team has problems that are rooted at the player level. Not entirely. Not entirely. This coaching staff has no excuse to be overseeing a power play clicking at 13.1%. What's more, this coaching staff could be, in my estimation anyway, doing way more outwardly to stress defending. Instead of Sullivan's, he finds ways to tap dance around that term. He finds ways to say, play the game the right way, or, or something to that effect. Just tell him to defend. Tell him to do what the Winnipegs are going to do to them tonight, and what the Winnipegs are going to do to them in Winnipeg on Saturday night. Tell them to do that. Tell them to take pride in that. That's, to an extent, on the coaching, it's way more on the participants. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.